an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Ross. And today we'll be tackling Season 4, Episode 5, Collision Course. The original air date for this episode was September 12th, 1988. It was written by Paul B. Margolis who, uh, this is his first of four screenwriting credits uh, for the show. Um, he also wrote The Black Corsage, um, the uh, Black Rhino episode, and The Lost Amadeus. And a friend of mine, uh, Jeremiah, actually had him as a screenwriting instructor. Really? Yeah. And when I first told him I was doing this podcast, he was like, oh, you should totally interview uh, Paul B. Margolis, who's an instructor. Um, so maybe we'll reach out to him. I, I have some questions about uh, this episode. And probably those other episodes, so it'd be, I'll try and track him down if we can. Um, and it was directed by Chuck Bowman, who had previously directed the Kill Zone episode, and mm-hmm. will be doing uh, Cleo Rocks later. Um, and he directed three episodes of Tremors, the TV series. Nice. <laughs> uh, why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, uh, MacGyver is part of a pit crew team for a new kind of engine that the Phoenix Devel- uh, Foundation is developing for race cars. Or- right. I guess just in general as well. I mean, it's 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 a plastic engine. Yeah, it's like a new type of in the in the eighties. This was like a big deal. Like, like it's a, supposedly more environmentally friendly. Right and lighter. Right, um, and I think that this uh, plot was later adapted into uh, what would become Cars Two. <laughs> and you're gonna have to explain that connection to me as okay. we go along. Cause... So, I mean, firstly, I mean, just in terms of the the basic story is we have a race organized to to show that this plastic engine is just mm-hmm. as safe and efficient as a regular engine. Right. Where Cars 2 is about a World Grand Prix that is organized to show that a new biofuel is just as safe and efficient as the racing fuel that everyone has been using. But much like in this episode, the racing fuel is getting sabotaged by someone with an interest in keeping the other fuel, the alive. Other fuel alive. So... Um, yeah, but we'll get into that as mm-hmm. we go. Um, where does this start off? Uh, this episode starts off with uh, MacGyver already just in a, in a race car uh, driving down a track all by himself, just kind of like doing some, uh, I guess, time trials. And he's telling stories about his the first time he was behind a wheel. Mm-hmm. We also learn in this episode that he kind of has a, a history as a European racer. Yeah, he has a Formula One career, which yeah. is a little odd to throw that into his MacGyver mix. Yeah, I like, don't know where that fits in the timeline. Uh, we, he's always been like a master of all trades, but um, this particular field doesn't really seem like something that he would get involved in. Yeah. Because uh, it's kind of like an adrenaline sport, and I've never really associated MacGyver with that kind of attitude. Although on uh, the, the MacGyver Project blog, uh, he pointed out that on, on the Richard Dean Anderson homepage, he said that this was one of his favorite episodes to make. Okay. Because he really did, did enjoy the driving, and he did a lot of his own stunt driving in this episode. Okay. So... But I agree. It doesn't seem like a very MacGyver type interest. Yeah. Uh, but then neither does diffusing bombs. <laughs> like. Yeah. Well, I mean. That's 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 adrenaline there. Um, as he's uh, driving down the course, he passes uh, his pit crew, which consists of uh, a driver, another driver, Jeff Stone, and his daughter Charlie Stone. Right. And uh, O'Malley, who is uh, like the I guess the chief mechanic. Right. And of course Pete. Also watching on for the uh, Phoenix, because this car has got Phoenix painted on it. Um, it's like an official sponsored car by the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, because they're trying to show that this engine is is a revolutionary mm-hmm. new way to manufacture vehicles. Yeah, because Phoenix is the one who's financing the engine. Right. So they're the ones who are... So uh, they've got their fingers in all sorts of pots. Yeah. It, this seems also very unusual for the Phoenix Foundation to be involved in. Yeah. Because um, it seems like they're... They actually have an interest in turning a profit on Exa- this. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're all for the environment as well, but um, this is such a specific invention. Yeah. Uh, I and wonder this, if they patented it. Yeah, exactly. Well, because this engine is has been developed by the character uh, Jeff Stone. Yeah. Like, he is the race car driver, but he also had this design for an all-plastic engine that would be, you know, lighter, but uh, still just as powerful as a normal... I don't want to say stock car. What kind of race cars are these? Um, uh, because they they have such weird gear shifts. Like whenever they show like an interior shot of the car, it just looks like a normal car with a gear shift. It doesn't yeah, look like it doesn't a look race like a race car. car that's like stripped bare to a skeleton mm-hmm. on the inside. Uh, 
But the actor here playing Jeff Stone is Patrick Wayne, who is actually John Wayne's son. Really? Yeah. But you, you, there's, there's not a lot of likeness to pick up, especially since he spends so much of the episode with his face obscured either by helmets or bandages. Later, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's like he doesn't look so much like his father that it stood out really. And of course, Charlie Stone is returning, right? From uh, from uh, the Ghost Ship. Yeah, she, uh, Katie Wright is the actress's name, and she played Karen Graff in Ghost Ship, which was our Bigfoot episode at, at uh, toward the beginning <laughs> of season three. Um, but yeah, and she—it seems like she's aged to town for this yeah, character. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. She looks so much younger in this episode than she did in Ghost Ship. Yeah, she kind of has the like speed racer vibe of like the the younger girl from mm-hmm. that show that's just like always on the sidelines cheering on the right. driver. She has the intention of eventually becoming a driver, but they never really hint at handing over the keys in this episode. Right, which probably would have been a better twist, I yeah, think, than I what think happens. So too, yeah, um, I think like had they pulled like a. Hot shots where, like, they're looking for Jeff Stone, but he's not like he's already been in the hospital, so she sneaks in yeah. as him and yeah. takes over the car. That would have been good. I would have liked that. Yeah. Uh, so in the meantime, as they're like MacGyver's like tearing up the track and he's uh making some really good times, some like record times, they're being watched from from like a hillside by two men, Carl Strickland and Hans Visser. Right. Uh, so Hans Visser returning again, Kai Wolf. Right. This is uh, the second of four MacGyver characters. Yeah. Uh, so that's fun. However, Carl Strickland, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Carl Strickland. <laughs> played by G. Gordon Liddy. Whose IMDb page is surprisingly long, but I think he always played villains on like yeah. 80s and 90s television. Yeah, but he also does a, I mean, if you look at it, like his self-credits, he's on a lot of stuff. Right, yeah, because yeah. He's, he he's plays commentary. himself in case. yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know who G. Gordon Liddy is... Uh, <laughs> he served four and a half years in prison for his part in the Watergate scandal. Yeah. He, <laughs> prior yeah. to this episode. Yeah, prior to this episode. And before that, he worked for the FBI under Hoover directly. Right. He was part of his cabinet. And then, and then like, sh- served a short military career. He was a lawyer. This guy's, like, done it all, including prison. <laughs> no, and not only that, but he his name is among the bevy of pseudonyms taken on by Fletch. <laughs> um, he calls himself Gordon Liddy for the scene where he's posing as an airplane repairman. Yeah. Um, when he's in the hangar trying to figure out where uh, where Alan, Stanwyck's, Alan been Stanwyck's been going with this plane. Name's Liddy. Gordon Liddy. Gord, uh, take a look at the seventh FETSA valve, will you? I think it's been sticking. Probably the humidity. Also, Comic book author Alan Moore has stated that the comedian from The Watchmen is based in part on Liddy. Wow. <laughs> Which is insane. <laughs> but yeah, so he's crazy. Yeah, it, it's really, really interesting. And I don't know if, uh, if how much like of the stuff that you read about him. I mean, I read, a, I was like reading all about him. I was so yeah, fascinated yeah. with this this historical you could almost you could say he's like an historical figure yeah it's so he, weird to see his name show up at the beginning you're like oh my god he's in this episode um, playing just a character like he's an actor uh th- there's a there's a filing cabinet uh on display at the smithsonian, at the smithsonian yeah, yeah that's all janked up yeah um but like apparently like in his autobiography he wrote about how he had planned to murder a journalist i think and he he claimed later and i kind of believe it that it was taken out of context that it mm. was like jack anderson was the guy's name yeah, yeah and apparently he said well we need to we need to get rid of this jack anderson character like we yeah. need to get him to stop investigating us mm-hmm. and people like misread that oh, as, like, as like we need to literally get rid of him yeah well when the F, when someone like fbi or nixon's yeah. cabinet says we need to get rid of somebody yeah there's, marcellus there's, wallace asked me to take care of his wife take care no Take her out, you know, show her a good time, make sure she don't get lonely. But Kai Wolf here, uh, this is his second of four appearances, and he's going to come back in another episode from the same writer, mm-hmm. which is the Black Rhino episode. That's his next episode. Um, and we mentioned before he was the, the German character from Three Amigos that ends up in a duel with Martin Short. Right, right. Um, but he's great. So uh, as a... The MacGyver brings the you know like this is we're still in the opening sorry yeah like, have, but well, this is still the first scene yeah this is like the minute <laughs> into the episode and we're there's we're so much to talk about yeah um, MacGyver brings the car into the pit and they start like uh, checking things out you know like replacing parts that need to like every time you run one of these cars 
you pretty much have to replace so many pieces yeah, of it. Yeah, every time they pull into the pit, you need to check stuff out. Um, because, like, these cars are just meant to burn parts. Yeah. And uh, get new parts put in right away. So, uh, Charlie is helping O'Malley kind of, like, look over the car. And Jeff has an aside with MacGyver about this engine is, like, his ticket out of racing, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, he just wants to provide for his daughter. Um, although, like, it seems... Everything about this really seems weird to me because he wants to get out of racing for his daughter's sake, but she wants to get, she wants to get into, into it. So, yeah, he's not doing her any favors. Because um, he's like, I don't want to drag her all over the world. And it's like, well, you won't be soon. Soon she'll be running all around the world with you. Yeah. And then MacGyver even points out all the, like, the father-son racing teams, and they start going through the list, which is funny because this is, like, pre-Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yeah, yeah. So that he, they just get, like, it just seems like, wait, why didn't they say, oh, right? Because yeah, yeah, that yeah. wasn't a thing yet. Well, and... um. And obviously, this is also like pre Danica Patrick, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I don't know how many female racers were around at that time. I don't imagine probably, probably none. none. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, he, so yeah, so his goal is to sell this engine, or at least to get a share of the profits from the Phoenix Foundation selling it. Yeah. Uh, which again is weird for the Phoenix Foundation, but also weird for the plot because the r- whole reason that Carl Strickland wants to shut down this phoenix engine it was because that jeff wouldn't sell it to him right so it's like wait you already had a person who wanted to buy it and you didn't sell it i, I like i i don't really understand his motivation i guess he just didn't want to sell it to him sure that was his motivation yeah uh and uh strickland is already concerned because the car is running too well it's not uh hans visser as the professional driver doesn't seem too worried about it yeah but strickland is concerned that the car is just shouldn't be performing this well on a test run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and after the test run, they say that it's actually running 10 degrees cooler than they expected it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Hans Visser is really concerned that... Uh, or, no, Hans Visser is not concerned that he can be... He's fine, but he thinks he can beat the car. But Strickland yeah. wants some extra insurance because uh, this car is just performing too well. Right. So later that evening, there's kind of a, a press conference where everyone's kind of showing off. Everyone's, like, showing off the Phoenix engine, but Strickland's showing off, like, his new fuel injector. Yeah. So, like, everyone's got something in... This seems... This whole thing seems, like, less of a race and more of, like, an expo. Yeah. Like, this race is just to demonstrate this equipment that's being presented here at this uh, convention. Yeah. But this is where MacGyver spots Hans Visser as he gets up to the podium as Strickland's new driver. And we get MacGyver's little flashback of of F one incident, in which two cars collide and a third car Basically, gets involved. MacGyver was cut off and his car spun out. Mm-hmm. So we just see an accident happening on the race raceway. Yeah, we don't actually know all the details of it yet because we're seeing like there's like a stock footage or right license footage of a F one. But we at least crash. assume that he was a part of this crash based on the fact that he's right. having the flashback. Uh, so. Visser kind of, like, sees MacGyver and kind of, like, has, like, an intense talk with him. Just yeah. kind of flaunting his his victory. Like, he's Visser keeps po- showing off this ring that he's got. Yeah. Uh, like with and the, presumably from, like, a race from that European, like, F1 mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, uh, but behind, just behind, like, the scenes of all this, uh, Strickland has a talk with a gentleman who's only credited as Falco, who's, I guess, an investor in the Strickland company, and is concerned that if this Phoenix car does well, Strickland's going to go under, I guess. Right. It, it, it seems a little far-fetched that everyone at Strickland is hedging their bets on this uh, fuel injection system yeah. to be successful, but uh, apparently that's what's at stake. Right. Like, if if Hans Visser doesn't win this race, Strickland is going under. And the actor playing Falco here is Jerry Wasserman, who uh, shows up in... Two more MacGyver episodes, Live and Learn and The Gun. And I think he was also interviewed by the MacGyver Project. Mm. So if that's if that's accurate, then I will put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, we also actually in this scene have a reporter, a female reporter that's interviewing people. Mm-hmm. And uh, her name is Pamela Martin. And she's the same anchorwoman from the last Chuck Bowman-directed episode, Kill Zone. Okay. Interviewing the farmer about the, the all the, the animals the, having been killed. Um, and we mentioned at that point that her entire IMDb is all anchor person credits, mm-hmm. <laughs> all anchor and, rec- and reporter 
credits, so she may actually be a Vancouver News yeah. person. Well, there's also a race announcer in this episode who most of his credits appear to be announcing actual li- like race like stuff. announcer stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess they just kind of find local local talent. Yeah, because I, I imagine if you're an anchor on TV, you probably have headshots and a resume sure. out there yeah, for absolutely. other purposes. I yeah. mean, that's the whole purpose of being on TV, really, is just yeah. to kind of. Uh, and it, especially when you actually have like a broadcast base, it makes it seem that much more legitimate mm-hmm. when you when it's like, oh, I actually recognize that woman for yeah. reading the news. So it, it seems lately, especially too, that I'm seeing a lot more high-profile uh, commentators and anchors in movies yeah. to make like news footage look more legitimate. Like yeah. in Batman, Superman, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, there's uh, always, always a clip of Anderson Cooper, Nancy or Grace, Rachel Maddow, mm-hmm. or a clip of like. Um, Bill O'Reilly was in Transformers. A lot of the time they do the late night talk show circuit too. So there'll be like Jimmy Kimmel or, mm-hmm. or Fallon or, you know. Yeah. Someone those. making a joke about it. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just to make the, the, the universe seem like it's part of our world, yeah. you know, rather than a, like some standalone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's really interesting. So, I mean, if you were a local news, like if you watched your local news and recognize this woman, you go, Oh wow. Okay. You know, I know her. Yeah. Um, so, in preparation for the next race, Strickland pulls Hans aside and says, we're going to need some extra insurance about winning this race. And, again, Hans is saying, I can beat him. He's like, he's nothing to me, basically. But uh, Strickland has pulled some extra insurance, and we get some, we get this really dramatic, it was like, isn't that right? And he gestures over to the shadows and outsteps O'Malley. Right. Who's again Jeff Stone's pit crew yeah. chief, and there's the best dramatic pause lead out of a scene ever. Duh. Yeah, it's like the music just keeps going, and O'Malley just keeps going between these like looks of like shame and concern and sad, and just keeps making faces as it's like the slowest fade out yeah. ever. And I you can, can just... tell Bowman's on the sidelines, just like, okay, now look like you're embarrassed. Okay, not that embarrassed. Okay, but look like. <laughs> You wish you weren't here, or that you're reluctant. Look, try and look reluctant, okay. and it just cut. Now, now, now you're now you're ashamed. Okay, we're fading out. We're fading out. Keep it up. Keep it up. Strings are coming in. They're very strong. <laughs> it's such a long pause. Never trust an Irishman. Is that's the lesson of this? Episode. Okay, <laughs> that crippled Irishman. <laughs> uh, so the next day is the uh, a qualifying round. So everyone's kind of racing the track by themselves. To see what best times they can get, and mm-hmm. that will determine their pole position. Right. Throwing that out there. I learned that <laughs> I from know racing words. Yeah, I know racing word. Words pit crew. <laughs> pit crew. Pole position. Um starting line. <laughs> Finish uh, line. Uh so and basically, we kind of get like the, all this information from the episode because Charlie is explaining it to Pete. Yeah, for anybody who didn't know anything yeah. about racing. I knew it before, though. Understand? Sure you did. <laughs> uh, but Pete is like also like I you know as like knows absolutely nothing, so like it's it's for his benefit as a character. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote in my notes. So what's the point of this scene where she's just explaining how racing works? Yeah. Um, so MacGyver and uh, O'Malley are working on the car. And uh, while MacGyver turns his back for a moment, O'Malley takes a, a utility knife and just starts slitting open, like, the top of a reservoir. Right. Uh, and then, like, just kind of, like, covers it up real quick as they start to button up the engine. And so we get the announcement for Stone to return to the starting line uh, for his time trial. And there's, like, this really heartfelt goodbye between him and Charlie. Like, yeah. it might be your last goodbye. Yeah, they definitely the- want us to think that. Um, like she gives him like a trinket. It's like a, it's a penny that's been flattened by a railroad that she made into a necklace. Yeah. Uh, so as Stone drives down the track, everything seems okay at first, but then all of a sudden uh, his engine starts smoking and like he's having trouble with his brakes. So he pulls into the pit to have it checked out. And O'Malley was hoping that this would be the end of his plot. His his plot, like the car would just but be done. But he wasn't counting on pit crew member MacGyver. That's right. So. They they find the uh, the gasket that O'Malley sabotaged, but O'Malley is the one who finds it. So right. he says, "Oh, this broke," and he throws it. Like, and MacGyver, don't look at this. It's yeah, broken. It's broken. Uh, so MacGyver is forced to engineer a replacement, where he just 
takes one of like those like classic racing flags, the triangular flags, yeah. off of a rope and uses it as an extra gasket to seal the broken gasket. Right. And that seems to hold. Yeah. So Strickland kind of gives O'Malley like the look like you better do something else then. So O'Malley then sneaks around to the back tire and clips the brake line completely now. Yeah. So now And it's a pretty blatant move that I feel yeah. like even spectators would have been like, what is he doing back yeah, there? Yeah, I guess he's just fixing the brakes. Um so the car's buttoned up and uh he's like ready to go and so Stone takes off, but somehow in the midst of being inside the car, his necklace good luck charm fell out yeah it was on the roadway it wasn't even like loose in the car yeah uh and so and i thought for sure that they would see like all the brake fluid leaking out like with it like they like she would find the necklace and be like like rubbing her fingers like wait a minute this isn't this is kind of weird yeah um but no it's just and she's immediately upset charlie like immediately realizes that this is a horrible omen yeah for for what's about to happen well this is kind of a tangent too but in the uh one of the early ghostbusters scripts uh, Egon has a lucky coin, mm. and uh, right before they go up to the top of the building of Dana Barrett's building in Central Park West, uh, he gives the coin to Janine on its way into the building. Mm. And there was, and she's she even earlier in the episode or in the movie says, "I got a terrible feeling that something awful is going to happen. Right. I'm afraid you're going to die." And I was like, "I wonder if he was supposed to die in some like really early draft of the mm. script." But I would like it just anytime someone talks about a lucky coin, it just reminds me of reading that early draft. And I'm like, wow, I wonder, I bet you Egon was supposed to die in some draft of the script, but it was going to be like he came back as a ghost or something like that. But then they were like, okay, let's just make it so everyone lives. So mm-hmm. it's a happy, feel good comedy thing. Have you seen the, the billing block for the new Ghostbusters? I have not. Um, it's very interesting because apparently they added, not only added like based on the original Ghostbusters written by. Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, but it huh. says and the original Ghostbusters and directed by Ivan Reitman. Like they're including, oh, interesting. they're including like the, the directing direction has something to do with yeah. the new movie. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so I thought that that was very curious. Yeah. Um, still excited for it. Yeah. 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 I, I think the, tra- I think the trailer's not so great, but eh, you know, yeah, I think it's... the movie will be funny. I have not yet been disappointed by Paul Feig except his trailers. Because the trailer for Spy looked terrible. That mm-hmm. movie's really funny. So Stone is zooming down the track, like, trying to make up for his like last few laps because uh, he was having engine trouble. And so he starts like really pushing it, but now he's got no brakes. And when he tries to apply them on the wet track, like you're, just, we're, we get this cutaway of the underneath of the car where brake, brake fluid is just shooting out from yeah. the, the cut hose. It honestly looks like, what he did was unnecessary because he was kind of on a straightaway when he lost control. Yeah, yeah. But um, suddenly the car's going end over end. Yeah, and then he hits a wall of tires, which flips the car several yeah. times. Yeah. And then the car totally defeats the purpose of a wall of tires. Yeah, and then as the car lands perfectly upright and lands, and we get like about a second beat of it landing okay, yeah. and then boom. <laughs> and it's not like it's not like the engine explodes. It looks like the driver's seat explodes. Like yeah. the flames shoot through the windshield of the driver's seat. Yeah. And and we're just watching like Charlie go, Oh god and Pete yeah. even like has like a oh my god yeah. moment. Um and the crews run out there and put him out. Uh and it's like wow, that that was like a really intense thing. Yeah. And uh and so like the next scene is like right at the hospital. Yeah, the nurse comes out and says... The only thing broken is his leg. And he's dead. No, she doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah, he's got flash burn, just like MacGyver had when he got blown up. And we've learned from the episode The Negotiator that the cure for flash burn is to bandage up your eyes in an X formation. Yeah. Because that's exactly what we see Jeff in here. Uh, Charlie blames MacGyver uh, for the accident. Right. And she says she hates him. Yeah. I hate you, MacGyver. It's really, like, strong. And she runs off. Uh, and now MacGyver, like, is doubting himself, of course. Like, he he, he believed that he fixed it. And, like, that... And that something about be... his fix fell apart. Right. And now he's going to have an, a new traumatic flashback to go to in his head. And he right. he's cars racing. Uh, in fact, he, he walks off to clear his head. He's just walking the track at night. Yeah. And we're just kind of, like hearing the replay of her saying, I hate you, MacGyver, and 
and Pete saying like, oh, he, you know, Stone's a professional. He knew the risks. And so did and MacGyver saying, so did I. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like going on in this episode. Like it, it's weird that it's MacGyver. And it's, if, if this was like any other character going through this, I'd be like, okay, but it's just that it's MacGyver like struggling with this formula one career past. Yeah. It, it's also like the, the totally the plot of Ricky Bobby of Talladega Nights where like he goes through this horrible accident and loses his confidence yeah. against a Formula One driver who's now coming back yeah. to playing a different circuit. Which is funny because I watched Cars 2 last night to prepare for this and John Turturro is, is the voice of the the villain, but he's like so much like the Sasha Baron Cohen character mm-hmm. in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so MacGyver makes his way to the uh, Phoenix tent and finds Charlie there kind of packing up some things for her dad. And she's really quick to apologize. Uh, you know, she said that she was just upset. I was just mad because you blew up my dad, but... Yeah. It was an accident that you blew my dad up and blinded him and broke his leg. Mm-hmm. And Charlie kind of, like, tells, like, this story about why her mother left her father. Right. Because there was this... Because of these risks of these accidents. Yeah. Like, that That this, this was... It's too much to always think that every time you race, you're going to die. Which I think is a lot of like wives in these kinds of sports, sure, yeah, like absolutely. a concern for them. Um, but she, she's overly upset about her father's condition, which is bad. He might be blind, but they're acting like he's dead. Yeah, like she's she, she really is. Yeah, she's she's weeping so hard, like like she's lost her father forever. Yeah, he'll never recover. Like he's brain dead. He's in a coma. And, no. he, and he's awake and talking. Yeah. He's conscious. He just has a cast on his leg and bandages on yeah. his face. Yeah, and there's a chance that he might be blind. It's yeah. like not, not like he's blind. And it's not like he's going to be ugly after this. He's just going to be blind. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand being devastated that your father's he, now going to be ugly. Yeah. Oh, My daughter man. goes through it every day. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wear this, Dad. <laughs> this bag. Dad, I made you X bandages. <laughs> Uh, so the next scene, uh, and the next act, uh, Charlie, like, I guess Charlie is like sent away because, uh, she leaves and Mac and Pete talk and Pete is reveals about the brake cutting, the brake line yeah. cutting that it wasn't just it like nothing a, to do with what you did. MacGyver. Yeah. Nothing to do with MacGyver. In fact, Pete had a, the hose sent in for a spectral analysis and it was cut clean. It wasn't they like a break. They checked it too. Yeah. So that it's cut, it, this is cut clean. Can you look at it again? Yep, it's cut clean. It's One cut. more time, please. Yep, it's cut clean. Yeah, it's cut right. clean. I triple checked it, MacGyver. <laughs> I had the guys at the lab triple check it. Pete, stop coming in here. You don't have to leave and come back and ask us the question over again. <laughs> just, we could just tell you we're certain. Yeah. Um. So, there, they, there's no way to prove that it was sabotage because there's like there's no one who saw it. But MacGyver spots the local news van uh, who's covering the, the race. And they go in there and they talk to this, uh, like, I guess he's Jamaican? Is he Jamaican? Uh, sure. Like, he, he's like J- Jamaican or Bahamas. He's talking like that. Uh, come on, Mo. Man. He's a yeah, video technician. He's like very Rastafarian. Uh, is that not offensive to say? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, they kind of hassle him a little bit. And he's like, okay, okay, I'll show you the footage, man. Um, the actor here is Peter Williams, who actually goes on to play the principal antagonist of, in uh, Stargate SG-1. Oh, really? Yeah, Apophis is the huh. character's name. Yeah. I, I I watched a little bit of SG-1. I, I never really got into it too deep. But it's funny because it's Richard Dean Anderson yeah. like, playing the, the Kurt Russell character. Yeah, I think I only watched the very the, the movie, maybe. <laughs> I don't think I even watched an episode of the TV show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like... No one comes like no one comes back for the show, um, uh, but Donis Davis is on the show of SG One, right? Yeah, um, as the commander and as Dana Elkar. Yeah, pretty much. He is like <laughs> he is the Pete of the episode. Yeah, uh, of the show. Anyway, sorry, SG One. That's not so bad. So realizing that uh, they watch the footage and MacGyver throws like a lot of like, can you bitmap it? Like he has to bitmap the footage. Yeah, I, I tried to look this up to see if this. I is tried any... to look it up too, and there's a little bit about bitmap enlargement, but yeah. it has it's more to do with vectorized images than yeah. to do with bitmapping. Like you can't do it with video footage. There's yeah. no way to do it with video footage. These were recorded on 
primitive analog tape at the time. Uh, but also the footage that they're looking at doesn't need to be bitmap enlarged mm-hmm. because you can tell by looking at it even in the widest possible shot who it is yeah. that's at the back of the yeah car. there's like you can identify him by his unique clothing yeah what he was build. wearing that day and the fact that it's obviously not pete it's obviously not charlie and it's mm-hmm. obviously not macgyver and it's a member of the pit crew and the rest of the pit crew wear uniforms yeah like he's wearing o'malley's he's like clothes. a leather jacket and mm-hmm. yeah or not a leather jacket like a jean jacket mm-hmm. it, it, it's 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 unique yeah it's a unique jacket so they realized that it was O'Malley who cut the brakes, and so Pete goes to call the police. And uh, they, this is when they kind of realize that O'Malley's been missing. Yeah, exactly. And we kind of cut to that evening now. Like time moves really fast in this in this in yeah. this episode. Uh, so it's like now it's like that evening, and O'Malley is completely drunk, and he's hanging out at the the kind of main convention tent where there's like a yeah. fountain and. I would assume that some of these drinks would, I, I like. She says later that that he paid her twenty bucks for a drink for a bottle. Yeah, for yeah. A bottle. But it, it seems like that that should have been like free stuff. It seems like yeah. the kind of stuff you're giving out to the drivers for well, free to maintain the event. Well, maybe maybe like getting the drinks are free, but if like it's like give me the bottle, give me the like, whole I can't bottle, give yeah, you the maybe, whole bottle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Strickland and Visser like approach him, and. Uh, now they have like a new task for him. They want the the, the designs for the engine, right. the, like the full specs on the design. But O'Malley already feels terrible about what he did because yeah. he thought he was just wrecking the car. He right. wasn't expecting to hurt anybody. And so he he's planning to go Not tell. That he's above that. Yeah, exactly. It's like you know, listen, I'm totally fine with sabotaging. I I used to do that for a living. Yeah. I've uh, killed people before. But. <laughs> uh, but he's he's going to tell not the police. But the racing commission, right. what what he's done, it's like go all the way up to the top to the racing commission. Yeah. So Visser, to to keep him from leaving, just kind of gives him a good sock in the face, and with his drunken state, just knocks him out immediately. But he falls face first into the fountain. Right. And Visser immediately goes to help him. Yeah. And Strickland's like, no, nope, leave him. He's like, but he's gonna drown. It's like drowned men can't talk. Yeah. It's such a weird like way it, to describe that's it. Probably. Something that G. Gordon Liddy has said in his real life. <laughs> so, again, now now it's the next morning. Yeah. Uh, and the racing commission is checking the video footage that MacGyver brought in. And we can see that O'Malley cuts the brake lines. But And we think, okay. I should have said, there should be a gate around this water. Yeah. Like some kind of a water gate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but you can tell if there's very uncomfortable with what's happening right now. So... This guy is reviewing the footage of O'Malley cutting the brake lines, and we think, okay, this is to the police. No, it's to the other racers. It's yeah, like, he's showing it to a crowd of, like, 20 people that are competing in the races. It's like, why would you be showing this evidence to them? They're yeah. not not—they're not the authority. They have—they can't do anything about it. Yeah. All you're doing is, like, publicly shaming this guy that yeah, exactly. accidentally attempted to murder Like, someone. this is evidence. You probably shouldn't be showing it. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Mac and Pete basically want the race to be delayed so they can complete the investigation. Right, which is silly because the whole thing should just be canceled. Well, and, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the whole thing would be canceled. Well, maybe not whole. The whole thing should be canceled, but at least their team should be pulling out. Yeah. Because the saboteur was on their pit crew, mm-hmm. and the racer has been eliminated physically from the race. Right. The car has been totaled, and the racing commissioner's like, "I'm going to give you 24 hours to find a new car." And mm-hmm. It's like. Why? Why are you giving them any time at all? Yeah. And MacGyver's complaining about it. Mm-hmm. So, as the like everyone kind of disperses from this scene, Mac kind of like subtly implies to Pete that if the Phoenix car did win, that Strickland would have a lot to lose. And Pete says, "Okay, we'll I'll make some phone calls to, to see kind of like what their finances are." Yeah. And so now Mac is talking to Jeff and Charlie about the race. And Stone, Jeff Stone, wants MacGyver to be the new driver. Yeah. But Max like... no one even considers that Charlie could drive. Yeah. Not at all. She's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that in the, in the, in the mindset... Present, in the present day, understanding that a woman is completely capable of driving a race car and that this is the silly 80s where that just wasn't it, even an Exactly. Option. Thank you. I don't want people to think that I'm like... No. That. In fact, I would prefer that only ladies drove. Yeah. <laughs> 
but uh, MacGyver says no, and uh, they decide to uh, call in a guy named Wes Granville, I believe, yeah. uh, to come in and be the new driver. But now they need to find a car. Right. And Charlie seems to have an idea. Yeah, they, they have the old prototype car. Which they've been sort of... Um, scavenging. Yeah, they've been taking pieces off of it all season to replace things that broke in the in the main car. In the car. new car, yeah. So they spend a lot of... they. I guess they spend all night working on it, but they don't seem to get very far. And uh, when uh, Pete kind of comes in to check on the situation, he asks if they found O'Malley. He says, oh, you mean McDowell. And he's like, what? Yeah, he's, he's got a, a whole different name. Yeah, uh, he's a... He's a former IRA bomb deliverer, right? And uh, he had—he's—he's he's basically he's a wanted man. Yeah, every Irish bad guy in the '80s and '90s had ties to, to the IRA. Patriot Games. Yep. Uh, so coming to America. Yeah. <laughs> coming to America. <laughs> the other McDowell. <laughs> Wasn't that his name, McDowell? The McDonald's ripoff. Oh, was it? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I don't think he had any ties to the IRA. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's for sure. Uh, So, uh, and Pete also informs him that uh, Strickland has everything tied up in this this race. Yeah. That if uh, they lose the race, they Strickland's gonna go under. Uh, Charlie now shows up with more parts for the car, and. Basically, she's been like trading parts for other parts. Yeah. Like she 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 took some of their equipment and sold it to another team, who then gave for, them for this. an extra piston gun. And yeah. Then she traded that for some other piece. It's like that guy who traded a that red paperclip and got a yeah, house. Yeah, all the way up to a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then MacGyver says, "Oh well, you know, if this whole racing thing doesn't work out, you have a future in commodities." And it yeah. seems like she's actually like considering it for a second. Well, I mean, yeah, you might have to. Yeah. Uh. So Pete, you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the 80s. Um, Pete starts asking some questions like to the bartender, and that's when he find, we find out uh, that he bought the bottle. Yes. And, uh, and that was the last she ever saw of him, even though she's in the same room as the fountain right now. Yeah. And Pete's winded from having to walk around this tent. So yeah. he sits down at the fountain and just kind of stares into the water longingly for a moment. <laughs> And then he notices that there's a gemstone at the bottom yeah. of the fountain. This is like Ace Ventura. Yeah, exactly. The situation where he, he finds the jewel at from the, the ring the tank. Yeah. at the tank. Uh, so back at the pit crew, they, they move around. Maybe and, that's where they got the idea from an Ace Ventura. I'm going to call everything that came after MacGyver a ripoff of MacGyver. Uh, MacGyver, yeah. Um, they move so fast in, in this episode because now Pete's at the pit. and uh, Pete's that, at the pit. <laughs> the Pete's pit. <laughs> <laughs> was it the peach pit in uh, 2-0? That sounds right. Uh, the The phone rings, and uh, it's the police. They've just found O'Malley's body in a car in, a, in like a small lake nearby. Yeah. The medical examiner is calling from the scene, mm-hmm. and he says that they, they're not convinced that he died in this car because... He already had bruises on him. He had bruising on him, and... Um, Nothing else. Like, there's no other marks from the crash. Yeah. So, uh, Pete uh, and MacGyver ask for a sample of the lungs, water from the lungs. Yeah. Assuming that he drowned. Well, not until they figure out where they think it came from. Yeah. Because uh, they start working it out, and then they decide, well, if he drowned, but he didn't drown in the lake, then where did he drown? And then Pete's like, the fountain, the fountain (laughs) in the plaza. And then they're like, okay, well, get a water sample from his lungs, and we're going to test it for chlorine. Because the fountain would have chlorine in it. I guess. Apparently. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's necessary because there's not going to be people swimming around in that yeah, fountain. Yeah, in fact, I think they probably um, they probably use some kind of bleach, like light bleach solution. Yeah, either way, there's probably a chemical test for it. Uh, so then Charlie comes in and says that Wes Granville's plane has been grounded in Chicago and he's not going to make it to the right. race. So now they absolutely need MacGyver that to That would have been cool, though, if they got that call. After, and it turned out, like, oh, I guess Granville's in the car because it's already pulling up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. like, oh, wait, Granville's plane has been stopped. Yeah, where's where's Charlie? Yeah. See, everything could have been set up to make Charlie an amazing hero over this episode. But it would have been terrible because then they would have pulled her out of the car and been like, nice try, Charlie. All right, MacGyver, get it. You get in there as a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, we're so harsh. <laughs> oh, I'm a, it does uh, seem like she's supposed to be like a teenager, though, in this episode. Yeah, but where... I still think that, that that makes it more exciting. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's like a license to drive, too. Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to think of a punny title, but I couldn't nope, think of one right. in time. So moving on, uh, Mac now finally reveals the story of what happened in the F1 race. Right. That Not only was his car clipped by someone that spun out and caused an accident that killed a person, mm-hmm. but Hans Visser was driving the car that clipped it. Yeah, and he Visser won the race because of this move. Yes. Uh, so he's he's willing to do whatever it takes to win, yeah. including murder in this episode, but at least and injuring. In that race. Yeah. Uh, I guess they would call it manslaughter, but like yeah. it. That's the the risk of racing, you know. So yeah. it's not even that. So I as, prefer to pronounce it man's laughter. <laughs> ah, it's hilarious because it's not murder. Right. Um. So Pete gives MacGyver a bit of a pet t- pep talk, and meanwhile we see Hans Visser getting ready, like he's he's getting ready to put on some gloves. And now he takes it a, a step further. Yeah, and he takes a look at his hand and he notices that the jewel is missing from his ring. Right. Uh, and, and he kind of just but shrugs. But he doesn't it. take the ring off. You no, know, he doesn't take the ring off, keeps it on. He shrugs it off and just kind of like pulls the glove over and Strickland approaches and says like, Hey, you know, like we need a little bit more insurance because now that MacGyver is going to be driving. Yeah. And Visser's like, I can beat MacGyver for sure. Or psychologically, he's already got him beat, you know? Yeah. Um, and Strickland says, well, don't worry. We gave you a little extra boost. He uh, loaded up his fire extinguisher with nitrous. Yeah. And then attached it to the car engine somehow. As if no one's going to notice that there's a line running from the fire extinguisher into the engine. Yeah. Um, and a big button. I don't know. Like, Do race cars have some kind of like internal fire extinguishing system that you can just trigger Well, yourself? this one sure doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if this car caught on fire, they'd be blasting nitrous into the flames. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but I like like how Visser seems almost offended by the by the prospect. He says that's He's illegal. Like, what? That's illegal, and it's like, remember yesterday when I told you to murder a guy? You never said that was illegal. Yeah, he takes racing much more serious yeah, than yeah, he yeah. takes killing a man. Uh, so MacGyver's in the driver's seat. Charlie comes up to wish him uh, good luck, and uh, they do like the first lap with the pace car, you know, which is. And uh, Hans Visser, his race time allowed him to get the, uh, the the sitting on the pole, I guess they call it, because like he's he's in the lead. Yeah. By default, he's in the lead. And MacGyver, because they didn't qualify, but they allowed him to be in the race, is at the end. Yeah. So uh, the race begins, and very quickly, like uh, MacGyver starts like pulling ahead, you know, like little by little. And in the meantime, the police arrive. With the water samples. Right. Like, uh, Pete uses some... They got a surprising amount of water out of his lungs. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of gross, too, because Pete takes the fountain water and, like, they put... I think they put acetone in it to test for to see if it gets cloudy. He goes, yep, it's cloudy. All right, now give me O'Malley's lung water. And he puts it in, and then he shakes it up with his fingers contacting the water. It's like, ugh. Can you imagine if he just dipped his finger in the water and tasted it? He's like... Yeah, chlorine. That's chlorine. <laughs> it's like also he was a heat. smoker. That's lung water. <laughs> also, is that I, I like it cold. <laughs> a roast beef sandwich. Did he inhale a roast beef sandwich? <laughs> kind of want a roast beef sandwich now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they both contain chlorine. So clearly, O'Malley didn't drown in this lake. He was drowned somewhere else. Still, not evidence of how he drowned or who drowned him or what. But it, it is. A suspicious leading to a homicide. Yeah, yeah. So MacGyver in the race now is moving up like fourth, the third, and finally manages to get behind Visser for a second. Uh, we also neglected to mention that Pete has turned over the gem, right? No, in no. He, um, I don't know if he's turned it over yet. Oh, okay. He, he had it and he showed MacGyver earlier. Right. But I don't think he actually hands it to anybody yet. Oh, okay. Uh, so MacGyver now is in second place, and now we start getting like the flashback blending with his reality of right. of being side by side with Hans Visser. But it doesn't matter because Hans Visser hits the nitrous yeah. and just zooms ahead. In fact, zooms ahead too much and goes off road. Yeah. Which again allows MacGyver to catch up. To catch up and get in a slight lead. 
Um, which seems weird that Visser would wait and use it there. I when, honestly felt like he was sabotaging his own race because he felt bad about using the nitrous. Yeah, like, uh, I don't want to be caught. He could have also not used the nitrous, but... Yeah, I think he would have been better off had he not used it. Yeah. Um, so now they're neck and neck again, uh, and just going back and forth, pulling forward, but MacGyver manages to squeeze just a little bit ahead. Right and, at the finish line. And right, you know, and win it. Brings the checker flag. Charlie freaks out. Super mm-hmm. excited. Um, they hug, and uh, this is where Pete takes a walk over to uh, Strickland, and he's trying to leave. Yeah, he's Strickland's like, trying to make he a took getaway. Out his umbrella, and he's like sneaking through some carts to try and get out of there, mm-hmm. and they stop him. And then uh, Pete continues his high of uh, accusations and walks over to Hans Visser, and as he's getting out of the car and like pulls his gloves, his hand up. yeah, like oh, let's take a look at that ring, uh, and that's why they find that the jewel is missing yeah and uh, i feel like a lot of this would implicate either pete or macgyver in the whole crime though like the fact that they were the ones that knew he drowned in a fountain mm-hmm. like the this irish guy could have stolen the gemstone or tried to steal a gemstone out of a ring because he's obviously a bad guy already yeah, yeah, he yeah sabotaged the car it's like i don't know why that's the deciding evidence he's, if he was just like oh my gosh yeah someone took the stone out of my ring i didn't even notice that yeah it's like well you did it before you drowned him in the right it's like i didn't do that and they're like oh yeah we don't have any actual well, evidence that I, you did it i was hoping that there'd be like a, a gem-shaped bruise <laughs> on, oh, on, on o'malley's body. face yeah, yeah, yeah. uh like some like, <laughs> ace Ventura trying to count all the the, the visuals <laughs> um so uh the last scene the act five roundup is at the hospital where Stone is getting his bandages removed. And at first it's like first of all the room is already like pitch black. Yeah. And uh so they they take off the bandages and he just looks like he's suspended in a black space. Yeah. And he's all like I can't see. I can't see anything. Probably because the lights are off in this room. Yeah. This was a hilarious joke they played on him. Yeah. Um, that's what I would do, though. Yeah. Like, if I was removing someone's bandages, I would just have the okay. room totally dark. Tell me, tell me, can you see anything? We're taking, we took the bandages off. Can you see anything? <laughs> you're in my dark room. <laughs> Here, let me turn on the light. Oh, oh God. my God. <laughs> you just, uh, let me turn on my light. You point, like, ten lights right in his Yeah, face. like, you just use the iPhone LED light just yeah. right in his eyes. Uh, <laughs> the thing's bright. Uh, <laughs> um, and of course waiting in the room is Charlie with the trophy like which is like half her size like she's like yeah. struggling to hold this yeah. thing but it's also not his trophy like MacGyver won the race yeah and uh it wasn't even his car yeah like like everything about this seems odd yeah uh then Pete comes in and uh says that the phones are ringing off the hook at the foundation that everyone wants to buy these the plastic engine. engines, yeah. But really, like, only one person's going to buy it, unless they're licensing it like Tesla does. Yeah. Uh, so, and I guess, like, that means, like, all of Jeff Stone's things are realized. But he's also going to stop racing now. Yeah. Like, that's his whole plan, is to stop racing. It seems like a kind of a, like, a great ending, but also a sad ending for Charlie and, and her father in the end. Well, it's nice for them, because they'll be rich. Yeah. And that's really what's important. Yeah. It's more important to be rich rather than Don't to live. Don't follow your dreams. Just find a way to get rich. Yeah. And then your dreams will be whatever your money can take. <laughs> say. What? Your dreams <laughs> will be whatever your money can say. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. <laughs> that sounded more eloquent in my head. Like, it really sounded like, wow, that's really deep, Richard. <laughs> oh, my God. I should be writing this down. Why am I just saying it out loud? Oh, good. He's recording. This <laughs> like... It's going to be the Mac fact. <laughs> um, and that's where this one ends. Yeah. That's the, basically. That's... Presumably Strickland is getting sentenced to four and a half years in a federal prison. <laughs> and then when, uh, then when he comes out, he'll it's become an be actor. Guest starring on MacGyver. Uh, this episode seems like it's like a really high budget episode. Yeah, it does. Like they, they had all kinds of like sets and vans and cars. and. I wouldn't be surprised if there was an actual racing event that they were using as like. The backdrop. Oh, there's something happening here. Maybe we can convince them to let us shoot occasionally in the middle of their. In, just in just the shoot the, the racers. Yeah. Doing. yeah. Um, I thought it was strange, too, that, that they were driving with water on the track. 
like because they've had bad weather. And I, I don't follow racing like NASCAR or anything. I don't know. Do they still race when it's raining? I don't know. I would think that they didn't, wouldn't. But uh, like maybe that's just like, hey, that's the course is the course, and that's what yeah. you drive. A course is a course, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, of course, the name of the course is the famous Mr. Red. <laughs> oh, wow. This is a loopy ending to this episode. But it's, it's a crazy episode. G. Gordon Liddy alone. Watch this episode for G. Gordon Liddy. And for uh, John Wayne's kid, who was barely in it. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, like, returning characters, uh, Kai Wolf. Yep. And uh, Wright. Uh, uh, and Falco. Falco, Jerry, Jerry yeah. Wasserman. Falco, who, as you know, always blames Fox for taking the, right, uh, yeah. the glory. Exactly. <laughs> Do a barrel roll. <laughs> But it's a good episode. I liked it. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's it's very different. It doesn't seem kind of like a MacGyver episode, because really the only MacGyverism is is that he fixes that gasket. Yeah. Uh. But it's just like a neat. One? I mean, yeah, I guess, and kind of like rebuilding the other car from scratch. In yeah. But it, it it seems like it could have been an episode of any show. Yeah. Like in this episode, Remington Steele enters a stock car race, you know, yeah, like yeah. It, it, it seems like it's, it's an, any kind of plot, Yeah. but it's still a fun episode. You know, so. which show I would like to see this episode of? Yeah. Knight Rider. Yeah. Always oh, racing with Kit. Yeah. Oh my God. That had to have been an episode, right? I'm assuming. Like that, that seems so logical. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up later. That's great though. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> I would totally yeah, watch yeah. that episode of Knight Rider. Like somebody's car gets totaled and he has to enter the race with Kit. With all those devices on Kit, like that seems like so unfair. Yeah, I would be totally <laughs> taking other cars out with missiles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's it for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com/slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And as always, if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering season four, episode six of Survivors. Mm-hmm. Which is the beginning of 1989. So, this was our last 1988 episode. Crazy. And uh, we're on our way to closing out the 80s. Yep. Entering 90s era. MacGyver. A little bit more bleached. Yeah. A little bit longer mullet. Um, but, but still classic. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>